Good morning, people. Hello, you're listening to Five Years Time, the podcast. I'm Darcy. And I'm Harry. The less important one. Oh my. Oh my. How are you doing this week, babe? I'm doing great. The weather is a bit sunnier today, so I'm looking forward to getting out on the golf course again. Yeah, I bet you are. After being rained on the last week. 100 days of summer, my house. I'm good as well, I think. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? It's a lovely sunny morning. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit funny actually at the moment because I've just finished my course at Point Blank and it's mm. that kind of in-between stage when you've finished education, you're looking for work, you just feel a little bit, I guess I feel a little bit lost. I uh, And I know how bad you are at just not doing anything, so... Yeah, I literally can't sit still. I know. You were, you were so annoyed four hours after you didn't <laughs> after you finished your course and you didn't have a full-time job, so that's Darcy I get you. bored easily. No, look, I just thought it would be... I thought it's important that I share that because I think this podcast can sound really light and happy, which we want it to be, but also, you know, we do face struggles on a on a daily, weekly basis that... I think it's nice to share as well. It is indeed. It is. It's good. Anyway, back to the fun stuff. So, have you got a song ready? Because I haven't picked one I yet. I do. I do. I actually spoke to um, your voters for last oh, week. Oh, stop it. And they they actually changed teams. So they didn't. It was def- it's now 4-2. No, it's 4-1. Do you know what? If you want to be a sore loser, you can have the point. Thank you. 4-1. 4-2. <laughs> Fine, I'm still winning. Right, you go then. Oh, I'll I find a song. Is it called We Don't Talk Anymore? No, that's your first guess, Dan. <laughs> Take it seriously. <laughs> All the things what. that I know? No. Second guess. One more left, darling. Gonna have to put you on a time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Khalid. Or Khalid, how Khalid, do you say Khalid, yeah. Or Khalid. I don't know which it is. I always say Khalid and then Alexis like, plain Khalid. No, I don't know it. Oh, no. Was I close with my guesses? I think it's actually the first word. So have you given up? Um, no, I've given you two. No, you, you're out. <laughs> what, it's called Saturday Night? Saturday Nights. Oh, I was never going to get that. Never in a million years. Okay, so make this an easy one for me, please. For my lover? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boom. Well done. Oh, wow. I'm great at this. Four three. Oh, come on. That was an easy one and you that know was. it. Thank you very much. Four three. Nice. Back on track. Four two. I'm always, I'm almost reality, there. It's four two. We all know that. Okay. So today's guest is another golf related human. If that, is that how you describe that's, yourselves? That's how we describe ourselves <laughs> in this parallel universe that we live in. Yeah, a golf-related human is what we are. No, so in all seriousness, she is a female golfer. She is. She's a very, very good one, as far as I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, very, very talented. Um, she's also now gone into a bit of the media side. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to hear how her journey has gone. I think she was ranked like the best British 
women golfer at one point. Wow. And yet now she does some presenting for Sky Sports. She's been associated with brands such as Nike, Puma. She we've seen a picture with her of Tiger Woods. She's met Tiger Woods. I think she's actually played golf with Tiger Woods. Oh my gosh. So And Gary Player, who's like another legend. We need to find out about that, don't we? We I'm excited to find out about this. So this week's guest is Incy Mehmet. Hello. 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 There we oh, go. There go. Good to meet Hello. you guys. How are you doing? My no dog problem. was literally Sorry. perfectly positioned here and now he's just oh, off to the no. side. So, <laughs> wow. so yeah, this is Simba. He looks so lovely. Oh, Simba. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to start at your childhood. So we obviously know you're quite sporty within golf. Were you always quite sporty and obviously you're now in presenting. So confidence side, was that something you always had? Were you quite a, a sporty, confident person? If I kind of go back to when I first ever held a golf club, it was when I was four. My mum wow. would argue that I was four and a half. Apparently that <laughs> half year is really important. <laughs> Makes um, really <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I think I uh, played golf for the first time at New Molden Driving Range where they have those two floors and so obviously as a four-year-old that's super exciting and even if you top it it's got some hang time it's got some (laughs) (laughs) the ball's got some flight it's still got Um, yeah exactly so I think you know I took to the sport straight away but by all means my mum didn't ever you know push me to be a golfer I was extremely sporty and loved absolutely everything I could barely sit still still can't really sit still (laughs) and I grew up playing four instruments you can see um, on my right this is kind of my music corner just bought this ukulele in Denmark and I've got two guitars and a keyboard Um, but the first instrument I learned to play was the drums Uh, my godfather's dad used to be a drummer in Sting uh, with the police which is quite cool and I remember going to his kind of studio and just falling in love with you know, how cool it was to put some sounds together. And so that's kind of where I found my love for music. And by all means, I am not a great musician. I'm just like a <laughs> campfire player. So had you um, ever thought about like becoming a musician or pursuing that oh, a bit more seriously? No, no way. Oh, really? No way. I'm definitely not good enough. But yes, yeah, so I learned the drums first and then guitar, piano and violin. Wow. So they were my kind of solid four. If you want to, you know, include the triangle and glockenspiel and all that stuff yeah the recorder the you know (laughs) I just love and appreciate music and yeah like you know sport was kind of the big deal as well played every single kind of school activity you can imagine so what was it about golf in particular because to me obviously not for you guys it's kind of like your whole life but to me golf is quite a unique sport I hadn't ever met a professional golfer until I met Harry and so how did you get into that unique sport, especially being a woman? Where were those influences? Was it your mum or someone that you watched on the TV? What was it that drew you to golf? Yeah, I mean, growing up, my mum was a massive role model to me. Yeah, this is a bit of a sad story, but she lost both her parents when she was 12 and 13 years old. And she was the youngest of eight. And, you know, she was, I wouldn't say she was career driven, but she was driven to succeed. And so nothing ever got in her way. And she had me maybe in her mid-20s and she brought me up as a single parent and you know my mum's done so much to make my life as easy as possible and so I think it's just kind of been I don't know if it's DNA but it's been instilled into me to kind of go for something Mm -hmm. and um, you know my mum's pretty extraordinary so I 
wouldn't ever imagine doing anything ordinary if that makes sense yeah and so I think from a young age I just had relatively big ambitions and I was speaking to someone about this today I I feel extremely grateful and lucky that you know I had something that I wanted to work towards from a very early age you know a lot of people don't really know who they are or what they want to be what they want to do you know they're such big questions but it's part of our daily lives and so yeah I, I just remember walking through the door once I think when I was about eight and trust me, up to that point, I wanted to be a magician. You know, I was, uh, I played football for Crystal Palace Academy, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I remember walking through the door and just turning around and saying to mum, I don't know why, I just want to be a golfer. It was so random. Wow. And I think, you know, I was definitely influenced by Tiger Woods at that point. I didn't watch a lot of golf, but for me, Tiger Woods changed the image of, um, of the game. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had Laura Davies, Ochoa, Annika Sorenstam. I didn't really know them. So as a young girl, I thought that was missing in the game of golf. And I just said, I want to be like the female version of Tiger Woods and, you know, change the, change the, that was what drove me. Um, it's quite funny to look back and think about now, but that was definitely what made me make that decision at quite an early stage and then sorry you just touched upon the football side of things so you must have been playing at a pretty high level at such a young age to be playing for quite a well-known you know what did you call them the, the junior team or the, the crystal palace academy That's or something. It, yeah it was a very long time ago <laughs> and um i just absolutely loved football you know Aww. part of the girls squad and we were, i was such a tomboy growing up as well you know i used to play takedown bulldog with all the guys there was, there was only one other girl in my school that used to play football with me so you know i was very comfortable i guess in a kind of quite male dominated environment mm-hmm. which is what i'm in now golf's always been that way and hopefully we see some sort of change Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to touch upon that. But before we do, it would be lovely to hear a little bit about the steps of how, how you grew your career. You know, when did you start taking it extremely serious? You know, this is exactly what I want to do and kind of put those steps into place to make it a reality for yourself. Yeah, everything up till now, I believe, has totally been a natural progression. You know, I picked up the game of golf alongside loads of other things, walked through the door when I was about eight saying that I want to be a professional golfer and so mum did her bit and um, got me into a club, which is Royal Midsorry, where I'm attached to now. That's my home club. I've represented them ever since. And, you know, they've been phenomenal since I've been a junior member there up till now in terms of they're incredibly supportive. They had fantastic junior programs, great girls and ladies programs as well. You know, Royal Midsorry has got one of the strongest, if not the biggest lady section in the country. Wow. And so to be associated with you know, with a club like that, it was nothing but support. And to an extent, I would say that I'm a relatively obsessive person. I think you have to be to be in the world of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're all a little bit crazy to an extent. You know, we'll stand out there for eight hours until our hands are chopped up in the pouring rain and <laughs> still carry on. And that's just the mentality you kind of have to have. And that's definitely what I had as a kid went to B&Q once and bought those like massive torches and salotaped it around ra- um, a tripod and would still practice my chipping at 9.30 at, at night when it's pitch black. So that's the kind of crazy mentality I had. And I kind of wish I still did. Definitely don't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that pretty much led to me getting better mm-hmm. and getting recognized as a hard worker, like a hard junior worker. And um, as I got better, I 
started to play in club tournaments, won a club championship. You know, the county spotted me and then I was part of county coaching, won the girls, won the ladies. Um, and then I got scouted from the England stuff, the girls team, and then the ladies squad, elite squad. GBN. So it was just all like a natural growth. You know, I probably had no idea what I was doing in terms of progressive ranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just kind of doing what I was doing. And I didn't know any better or worse. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a real love for it and then joint with hard work, that was kind of, yeah. it was always going to be the way it had to go. Yeah, and it's like the famous kind of player quote, isn't it? That the harder you work, the luckier you get. And mm. I absolutely believe that. And I'll say that to a lot of juniors because, you know, some people might just be more privileged than you and some people might just get luckier than you. But if you work hard and if you work smart, people will notice it and opportunities will come. So it's not about spending a million hours out there and I wouldn't encourage anyone to do that, but it's spending your time wisely, you know, being a good human being, being respectful to everyone. Um, You know, golf's a a game of integrity and people will spot that and people will love supporting you and will get a lot of joy out of that as well. And I, I strongly believe that you know, I did what I loved and I was extremely l- lucky to kind of get the support along the way. And I absolutely wouldn't, you know, not that I've made it, you know, I just wouldn't be anywhere like this or here if it wasn't yeah. for them. They're the people that make you. So you just got to do what you do and run with it. You've spoken a lot about your mum. So does she play golf? I'm intrigued. Oh. Or not. <laughs> um, does she play golf? I don't know how to answer that. So... <laughs> My mum didn't play golf when she introduced it to me. It was just one of many things. I actually went to the driving range with my mum for the very first time, uh, straight after the first lockdown. Oh, wow. Which is crazy because I've been playing golf for about 20 years. Gosh. And um, I couldn't believe that that was the first time we were hitting balls. Obviously, she's been to the range with me. But she's never had her own set of clubs and hit balls with me too. So, And how did it go? she was really good. Oh, wow. Oh, it's obviously <laughs> so, in the family. Yeah, genetic. <laughs> yeah, my, mom, my mom's a hairdresser and obviously it takes a lot of creativity and finesse to an extent and um, precision maybe. Mm-hmm. And she's really good at putting. And I, you know, I don't know if it translates with the hairdressing, but I was very surprised uh, with how good she was. But obviously she's, you know, she's watched me play for a long time. So she's seen my pre-shot routine and she just copies me to the T. Oh, she'll go down and read a putt, but she has no idea what she's looking at. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I've been with Harry for four years now and I think I've only hit a golf club twice. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> you mean hit a golf ball? Oh, sorry. The other day, she um, Darcy asked me, what did you say? She was like, oh, what time are you kicking off today? Oh, like Darcy. Why do you have to say four that? Four years, four years, and you said the term. It was just a. It was a, 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 it was a slip of the tongue. Yeah, shall we say? It's perfect imperfections, isn't it, Hazza? Yeah, definitely. Is, yeah. <laughs> My mum, uh, yeah, she was pretty good in the dry range. I bought a set of clubs about three years ago, and she's only picked them up uh, recently. Sadly, she's not really asking me to help her. she's she's kind of doing it with by herself with um i think her other girlfriends who are also taking up the game and they're all just hacking it down the fairways together (laughs) (laughs) maybe it'll be too much pressure having you there yeah oh bless i think she said that she doesn't want to bother me too much but you know of course i'm always there to help i'll just send her the invoice later yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
you said that you progressed quite naturally through you know all the ranks like county and then playing for the country it was there certain goals that you set going forward did that help yeah by all means when I uh used to play for England as an amateur I knew that things were getting more serious at that point and you know turning professional was definitely in my books for the future and so I was also very lucky around that sort of time kind of towards the end of my amateur career I got pretty phenomenal support from a world cup winning coach in rugby and he was kind of my performance director and he mentored me and put a great team around me as well. So I was very lucky in that department to have a full-on team as a teenager, as an amateur. So mm. I was an amateur, very much looked after like a professional and treated like a professional. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped massively because when I rocked up into the stage of professional golf, I felt pretty comfortable and confident. So I went to tour school in December 2016 finished 12th um, top British player and in my first event finished uh, 14th in Morocco. So, you know, as a, how old was I? Maybe 19, you know, I picked up my first check and I was like, Oh, this is easy and (laughs) had a relatively nice first year on tour. And that was pretty much my entrance to the world of professional golf. And how did you find that, um, that difference between going from amateur to pro? Because obviously, the money side does come into it and you know you're then playing you know that the pressure almost steps up a level doesn't it did you find that challenging or, or was that kind of natural through competing your whole life yeah initially I was very comfortable with the transition because I was an amateur and treated like a professional and so there was no real shock factor I just carried on doing what I was doing mm-hmm. but then after my first year into my second year life just kicked in and you know life ain't perfect and um almost hit rock bottom really and so anything and everything that happened off the golf course affected me on the golf course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then that followed up with me losing my full status i had a partial card and um once you've got a partial status on the ladies european tour it's extremely difficult to make any sort of living and you know, I don't mean to sound big headed or anything. I had never really failed up to that point. And, you know, using the word failure might be a really harsh word, but I wasn't used to not being really good or wasn't used to being, not being in contention um, or struggling. You know, that was kind of alien territory for me. And so on top of that with, you know, life just being a bit of a struggle off the golf course, the two didn't go hand in hand. (laughs) I use the word coping mechanism a lot, but I think it's the best way to describe it. How did you overcome that? Was there any certain techniques that you used or, you know, how did you push through that tough period? Mm. I mean, I was just about, I think I was about 20, 21 and no one prepares you for any sort of difficulties in life. Mm -hmm. But I would say I probably, I didn't have any sort of coping mechanism. I just dealt with it as as life went on and I guess I always remind myself of who I am what I want to do and I was very aware that things aren't perfect and in fact I wouldn't have it any other way because those difficulties and those struggles make you who you are and they have definitely shaped the mentality I have now which is someone who's got a stronger mentality and so you know, my coping mechanism wasn't one. It it didn't exist. And I have no 
shame in saying that I really struggled with it mm-hmm. and I struggled to deal with it and it took me a long time and there's a few things that have scarred me up up to now still that affects me to this day but I think awareness is key mm-hmm. and acceptance is key and those two things get me through and I think I've got really strong core values and you know one of them are surrounding yourself with great people people that you trust and people that you have faith in you know people who not are better than you but someone like people who inspire you Mm -hmm. um and I've really prioritized that and I really value that so I think all those sort of things have really helped me stay sane and and move on I would never be embarrassed about talking about your struggles I think Mm. that's amazing because also it is so easy to look at other people's lives and think, oh my God, they have everything together. They know exactly what they're doing. Nothing goes wrong for them. So I think for people that maybe as- aspire to you or you inspire them, it would be so nice for them to hear you speak so openly and honestly about struggles because it just shows that we're all human and yeah, definitely. you know, stuff happens, doesn't it, to all of us. And it's how you deal with that that makes you who you are, like you say. Yeah, and I think one thing that I've learned along the way is everyone's got their own problems. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the second thing is, especially kind of if there are younger women listening, and I was speaking to a few of the girls in the team on the media stuff about this, who are kind of around my sort of age, if not younger, the power of saying no as well. Because I think, I think as women and young women, we're more prone to say yes to everything. Whereas guys seem to be a bit better at going, I'm not doing that. (laughs) like are you joking um and I might be completely wrong here and I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone but I've definitely felt personally and with other girls that I've come across we're definitely worse at saying no Mm -hmm. and so I think understanding the power of that is super vital it's almost like that imposter syndrome I think generally that seems to be a, a theme a lot of women that we've spoken to have said you know they either thing about saying no or even asking for things like sorry I'm not trying to penalize men but it seems like men are are much more brave like even when we started this podcast like Harry was so brave to ask whoever he thought would be great and I was like oh why would they want to speak to us I don't know if we should ask them I'm much more I I don't know I think we're just much more down on ourselves or we don't have that right place and I think you know as you grow you start to realize that you know you have to you have to try you have to be brave enough to say no but you also have to be brave enough to put yourself out there and try new things or talk to different people and you know there is there's a place for you isn't there not not only just because you're a woman but whoever whoever you are if you have those insecurities there's a place for all of us absolutely I mean brave enough to say no and brave enough to go what about that yeah I love that that's great (laughs) great I'm keeping that one (laughs) (laughs) talking about being women I would really like to just touch upon being a woman in a in a male dominated sport I don't know if you've had any struggles with that or if it's been kind of plain sailing for you but it would just be interesting to know how do you find it is is it a welcoming place I've been to practice places with Harry where they don't even have women's toilets in golf facilities Mm. so what is that like in a professional capacity yeah so as a player obviously we travel with the tour and it's a ladies tour Mm -hmm. so there are you know, I'm traveling and competing against lots of women, mm-hmm. but now I'm doing more with media. Yes, it's extremely male dominated. And also when I was practicing at home, yeah, I would be practicing with guys because there aren't many female members at my club. Um, 
And if there are, you know, you want to make the most of that because then you almost have kind of like, you know, if you're in the gym, you've got a training buddy, you can have a practice buddy too. Mm -hmm. And I understand that for some girls, it might be difficult to go up to guys who might be a little bit older and ask if they want to practice or play around a golf together. But, you know, I think because I was a tomboy growing up, I was very comfortable being around boys and men and it didn't really impact me whatsoever. So now I'm working in a more kind of male dominated environment. I'm pretty comfortable with it. I think it'll be to an extent, it might be quite strange working with loads of women. (laughs) Um, I'm quite comfortable and used to it all. So recently I went away for three weeks and we got a charter flight because of COVID um, from Germany to Sweden I sat down on the plane, looked around. I was like, wow, it's, you're pretty much the only woman here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that, but I'm fine with that, you know? So I think, you know, I, I consider myself pretty lucky to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I can understand how there'll be other women that struggle with that maybe. You know, personally, I've, I've had no issues. Yeah, definitely. And there was a European tour tournament that came up the other day that was a mixed event. So hopefully that is more of what golf will will be coming up. Yeah, uh, the event in Sweden was awesome. The Scandinavian Mixed, hosted by Henrik and Annika, it's like the longest title ever. Um, It was a great success. I I haven't seen a single negative comment about it. It was a great format. I think we've got to take our hats off to both tours here, the LET and the European Tour, for making it quite a fair test. And it was all about course setup because you don't have many events. In fact, I think this is pretty much the first ever where you have both genders, both tours playing for one trophy for the same prize fund. Mm. They've been slightly modified formats before, but this is the first ever. And to have Annika Sorenstam, I'm going to be a bit biased here, you know, the legend in women's golf, the GOATs, there's nothing she has not achieved. The only woman in the world to have shots 59 in the tournament that basically got the eyeballs into the game and the eyeballs into women's golf and what's happening and got discussions um, started as a result, which I hope can only lead to more events and more sponsorship money, more funding, more opportunities, which is what the women's game absolutely need. Yeah, definitely. Because that's something that I was quite shocked by because I thought I was probably quite naive from it, being a man and, and knowing what the men's golf is. But I was just shocked to hear the difference between the prize fund because I thought, you know, they're both on Sky Sports, they're both getting the same sponsors, surely it's the same, but it's it's so much worse. It's not fair because, you know, you're the best golfers in the world and you're best men in the world. It doesn't make a difference, does it, really? I thought this event was great and hopefully it's it's something that will become more, I don't know, more of a normal thing because I don't know why it shouldn't be, really. Yeah, I mean, the tournament's contracted to have another two events. So I think next year will be in Stockholm. The year after that, I'm not sure where it'll be, but it'll be somewhere in Sweden. I'm hoping that it'll be a catalyst for more mixed events. You know, I don't think we want loads of mixed events, but for now, those mixed events provide us with an opportunity for more eyeballs being on the women's game and also giving the women the opportunity and experience of feeling, you know, what it's like to have a properly run event, run tournament. And this is, you know, absolutely no disrespect to the LAT. I think given the circumstances, you know, the tough times of COVID, they've done a pretty good job. And they've now co-sanctioned with the LPGA, which I think, you know, that that happened at a perfect time. 
it's been a slow journey, but I think it's it's moving in the right direction, but it still has a long way to go. Sorry, so back to you, Inti. <laughs> so um, after kind of competing, now you do some more kind of presenting. So how did that how did that transition happen for you? And, you know, were you pleased about it? Is it something that you enjoy? Yeah, so I've recently uh, made a decision to commit to media full time. For me, the biggest struggle was if I kind of rewind to the time I lost my full status, I had a partial card, um, not getting into many events. And then COVID hit Mm -hmm. where we couldn't practice and train for a very long time. We had no events for about five months. And I started getting involved with the media world ever so slightly. And during COVID, my working relationship with the media has grown I found it very difficult to strive to be a player and do the media stuff well at the same time. And I've always been an all or nothing kind of person and, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it. And I had a real issue with trying to do both things really well. And so it's kind it had kind of been bugging me for about a year and a half, if not maybe stretching it to two. But within the last kind of two months, I spent a good month telling myself, right, you need to make a decision because you can't carry on doing two things half-heartedly. No, because I suppose it's like almost having two full-time jobs. The the time and energy and effort that you're putting in must have been exhausting. Yeah, and if you're a player, you have to, you know, aim for the stars. And for me, that would be the LPJ Tour. And, you know, that's that's you sharing the stage with the world's best players. If you're going to play and compete, that's what you've got to aim for. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, In the world of media same thing it takes a lot of time to do the research and you know understand what's hot at the moment and you know you need to be a great communicator and develop your skills in that and you know I plan to be a golfer I don't think I'm a natural presenter or anything so I just had a real issue with trying to do two things well but I felt as though I was being pretty average at both and so I spent a real good month weighing up the pros and cons of both so I told myself look ins, you know if you were to play you need to aim for LPJ tour the quickest like the absolute quickest you get a full tour card is in two years time and if you're going to leave anything behind you need to be playing for 10 years so mm-hmm. you know if I'm 24 and I get on tour in tw- when I'm 26 and I want to leave some sort of legacy behind I'm 36 37 by then yeah. and I just thought to myself you know you've been lucky you've been given the opportunity Sometimes you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and just be truly honest and sometimes come to the sad realization that this ain't for you. And it is really sad and it's it's really, really difficult. And so I kind of did that and spoke to my boss at Sky, basically asking what's my potentials, what sort of opportunities do I have? And I won't go into detail with that, but basically it gave me enough reassurance and reassurance to go for it it's an (laughs) extremely exciting decision to make I feel like I can almost press that reset button and start again and start a new chapter or maybe even a new book because it's nothing that I've ever planned for but you can't really plan it doesn't always go to plan either but the first kind of week or two I've really struggled actually because although it's extremely exciting I couldn't get over the emotions of devoting my whole life towards something and almost 
and failure is not the right word to use at all but no, we're definitely not. sometimes our worst you know our worst enemies but I felt like a failure because it's something that I've worked towards and I've not done so for the first kind of week or two yes it was an extremely exciting time but I really struggled to get excited about it so that's taken a bit of time but I am I am genuinely really excited oh, uh, with this kind be. of new venture now yeah it's a new challenge and I'm really excited about this new challenge because you know I plan to be a golfer I have never ever thought that I'd be on the other side asking questions or commentating or breaking down someone else's swing I've always broken down my own swing you know stuff like that it's a whole new skill in itself. And so I'm really excited to be aware of what do I need to identify um, to improve on and just get better and better and better. And that's my challenge. Sounds like some of the best is yet to come from you, mm. 100%. But can we talk about some of the amazing things that have happened so far in your career? Like what has been... I don't know, maybe your ultimate career highlight. We know that you've done some pretty cool things. You've, I mean, I don't know exactly what's happened, but you've, I've seen pictures with you with Tiger Woods. I'm not going to lie, I <laughs> don't really know much about yeah. it. Um, but you, you know, you're, clear, you're working for Sky Sports, which is amazing. You've been associated with brands like Nike and Puma and, you know, all these crazy things that people things, would just yeah. dream about. So for you, like what has been maybe one or two of the, the highlights for you so far? There's a lot of highlights. Um, <laughs> I would say the day with Tiger Woods was pretty damn epic. I can imagine. You, yeah, definitely. You can't, you can't beat a day with your hero playing with the GOAT at the home of golf. Wow. I mean, yeah. can you write a better script? And so <laughs> I was sponsored and supported by Nike for about six years. And our marketing director got in touch with me once asking if I'd be interested in spending a day with Tiger Woods. And so I replied saying the real tiger woods <laughs> question mark like i thought they were going to send like a doppelganger or something i was like are you seriously asking me if i want to play golf with tiger woods yeah, that a is the silly question that is the most stupid question i've ever heard in my whole entire life at st andrews as well by the way but <laughs> the cherry on top so yeah that was a real surreal day and um that was the second time i actually ever came across tiger so the first time I ever saw Tiger in the flesh was when he was playing at Millfield at the Open. And um, when he walked in between, like from the fifth hole to the sixth, he just literally walked past me. And I that's when I understood, you know, the definition of aura. You could really wow. feel his energy. And I was like, you are, you are like God, <laughs> you are amazing. They say don't meet your idols. So would you disagree with that statement then? Completely disagree. <laughs> yeah, completely disagree. You know, it, it gives you that buzz, the excitement, the aura, the, the full show that, uh, you know, people will pay silly money for. And yeah. so that was the first time I ever came across Tiger. So the second time was that day with Nike. And it was so cool. They were so amazing with their kind of fine touches. Like they sent a post, um, a letter through the post from Tiger and signed off by him as well, saying looking forward to meeting in St. Wow. Andrews next week. And we got there. They, you know, they provided us with the accommodation at St. Andrews as well. And they provided us with all the kit from like the morning, the lunch, the golf course, the post round. And, you know, we were treated like, like Tiger Woods, probably oh, cameras wow. everywhere, you know, Nike tape everywhere. It was just awesome. So that was such a surreal experience. And um, 
Tiger himself was super cool. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he'd have the attitude of, you know, I've done this a million times. I can't be bothered to, you know, spend the whole day with kids and here we go again. And I didn't know what to expect. Turns out he swears a lot. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's a real That's jokester. Surprising. He's a real jokester. Obviously, when the cameras are off, yeah. he's a real jokester and um, he was extremely inquisitive. I was stunned by, sounds obvious now, but I was stunned by how much he really understood his game. Not just what he did, but why he did it and how he practices it and how he breaks it down and all that sort of stuff. And um, after the day, we had a kind of post-round meal, like a private meal with the five juniors and us uh, and himself. And he never tried Iron Brew. So we pretty much... (laughs) Took his iron brew virginity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> in so Scotland. Did you like it? Yeah, he hated it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, um, but at least you can, you know, at least we can claim that, you know. 100%. Yeah. First experience with Tiger Woods. That's something. That's something for the CV, I think. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I literally, I got everything that I owned and just got him to sign it all. I was like, <laughs> don't know where half the stuff are now, unfortunately. But Is the, yeah. uh, is the letter from him signed and framed, uh, framed somewhere? I'm really bad at stuff like that. So I know it's, you know, it's somewhere in this house. It's somewhere safe. I haven't framed it yet, but that's a very good show. I still have the envelope and everything. So no, I'll definitely be doing that one day. And then what about kind of transitioning into the media world? Have you had a highlight so far that you've just really enjoyed or you've thought, oh my God, wow. 100%. So I think the best part of this job is that we get to travel the world still. I can Mm -hmm. never imagine personally i i couldn't have a monday to friday nine to five job it's kind of all i've known so i i'm so honored and excited that we still get to travel the world and the best part about it for me is that we get to work alongside some legends of the game i get to work alongside the best golfers in the world some of their coaches whilst still being relevant in the industry Mm. and so the best part for me is just I really the people I get to work with I mean like Dame Laura Davies for example she's an absolute legend both on and off the golf course and I get to work with her with with what I do I'm a massive fan Mm. um so that's really special like working alongside Paul McGinley you know I never thought that would happen and that resulted to a putting lesson in the shot center Mm -hmm. um you know stuff like that's super super cool and I'll never take that for granted and I've also been part of the Slingsby Golf Academy. And so the four ladies involved are Fleury, Natalie Pinkman, Bella, and um, Helen Skelton. You know, oh, so right. she used to be Blue Peter presenter. Yeah. Fleur, I used to vote for her every single week in X Factor. <laughs> I don't know if she knows that, but if she if she's listening, Fleur, I was a fan since day one. She was um, in the jungle as well, wasn't she? She was, years yeah. Ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. honestly, all four ladies are awesome and they've been so cool to work with and it's all to kind of help get more eyeballs into women participation and women's golf and they've been incredible ambassadors and you know so much fun to work with whilst enjoying a sip of gin slingsby gin (laughs) so you know stuff like that's been really fun and 
and that just comes with the job it's, it's been incredible oh it sounds yeah. amazing it sounds like you've got so many more amazing experiences to come it sounds really exciting mm. to see thank you so much for chatting to us about your career we like to end the podcast with a few feature questions yeah. don't we yeah the first one we like to ask is there a song that <laughs> it means something to you oh. you have a moment to think about this we <laughs> throw these questions <laughs> at people let me like, <laughs> let me just go on my spotify <laughs> i was gonna say you said you were doing a hard hardcore workout this morning on your legs so what what was going oh, on to keep you going? i can't even i can't even tell you the, the music <laughs> that i was listening to i'm one of those people like because i love music i love all types of music mm. and you know i'll love the cheesy pop songs the sing-alongs <laughs> and the crazy rock and some jazz the r&b some soul a bit of everything so i think i'm real marmite i i really would struggle to name one i get a lot of crap for uh song choices sometimes when i take over really? being DJ. yeah because it's just so corny come on give so us bad. one what would you put on that you get judged <laughs> oh. even if it's like a proper old school banger. I would, i'll bet you i will bet you harry loves it harry's got some oh, yeah. music <laughs> yeah. okay this is this is not my walkout song whatsoever <laughs> but this is the song that i've got so much hate for but i love the beat and it is so embarrassing (laughs) i can't believe i'm about to say it there's a song called sugar daddy and it's an absolute tune do we know that one i don't i feel like i remember that title (laughs) i'm so embarrassed by (laughs) bean herby this is going straight on Alexa no. after yeah, this interview. Yeah. And then <laughs> Honestly, on... I'm going to get judged so hard, but <laughs> it's, it's more of an in-joke. It's more of an in-joke. Right. I, I joke around how my boyfriend's going to be a sugar daddy one day. It's an absolute <laughs> joke. It's not true. I'm going to earn my own gold, but it's, it's more of an in-joke. <laughs> oh, I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, I'm definitely. very intrigued now. This I'm be... so nervous. I'm getting all anxious now. <laughs> Another question we like to ask is, what advice would you give to your younger self, whether that's five years ago, 10 years ago, what would it be? Just keep going. It's kind of as simple as that. You know, when, when things don't go your way, it's very easy to get put off or, you know, fall down. It's always hard to get back up. And when things go well, sometimes it's difficult to push on. Mm-hmm. So I would almost keep it as simple as just keep going, good, good or bad, just keep going. that's lovely I like that and then finally you might have guessed we like to know where do you see yourself in five years time in five years time I wish I was just better as simple as that you know as long as I'm a little bit better at what I do with you know how I treat people or how I communicate or how well I do at work or how good of a walks that my dog Simba gets you know as long as I'm better in five years time I would be more than happy with that oh that's lovely answer it sounds like growth is definitely important to you your key factor in life I like 100 percent. thank you so much thank you very much getting to know you thank you very much so I enjoyed it guys good to meet you both real insight into golf now maybe i should yeah. start listening and to now, harry more <laughs> and now when i want to put on the on the golf and incy's on the tv yeah, now we can watch like, it oh come on incy's <laughs> on the tv we can watch it like, darcy you should totally give golf a go properly come I on you're dating say, a professional golfer come yeah. on it came to me the other day i think i was watching you or something i was like i really need to give this a try and i said to you can you teach me to play didn't you i did yeah so yeah. we just need to find the time now i am gonna do it i've I'll set be, my go to, to be golf. Yeah. yeah, so I think we went on like our 
like the Greenwich range, that one down. Yeah, and that was like, actually lovely. That was good. And Darcy <laughs> was really good. And every time I say this, she's like, oh, you've got to say that. But she was good. Like I hit a fade. I've always wanted to hit a draw. And she was hitting <laughs> these like little baby draws. And I was like, no, baby it. draws. You don't understand what that means. And she knows, I do know what that means. Oh, you do know what that means now. Give me some credit, gosh. <laughs> but you were actually really good. So I'm Thank looking you. forward to, to actually being able to teach you properly. I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> thank you so much we hope you have a lovely evening and thank you again for for fitting us in we really appreciate it yeah no worries have a great day guys cheers you too speak to you soon thank you very much adios Bye. bye what a lovely lady she was indeed thank you very much incy thank you so much incy i really enjoyed chatting to you did you enjoy speaking to a woman golfer yeah, I think it's spurred me on. I want to give it a try now. Yes, finally. <laughs> I'm sorry that it wasn't you that did it, babe. No, I just needed a little help in hand to get you to the range again. But we will get you there. As always, we hope you love the podcast. And we'll be back next Monday with the final episode of season two. Oh my. Oh my goodness, can you believe it? No, yeah, this, I feel like this one's, well done, babe. this one's flown by. Do you think? I we think took a little because, break in the middle though, don't forget. Yeah, but I think it's because normal life is resumed as well, isn't it? So Yeah, maybe. Until then, if you could leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that would just be the best thing ever. You'll have done a good deed for the day and you can just feel amazing about yourself. Good karma will come back. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you very much.